pad, your iPhone. We're going to read some scriptures together. And um, many of you probably know, but maybe some of you don't. I lost my dad when I was 20 years old as a sophomore in college. And I am very keenly aware of the power of a father and the power of a father when it's cut short in your life. And uh, for those of us who have a chance to influence lives, today I want to talk about the power of fatherhood and I want to talk about what it really means to get it right. And in order to get fatherhood right, we need this book. We need to understand the truth of, the, of how God wants us to lead as men and, and as parents. So, um, you know, the truth of the matter is, most of us know all the right things to do. I mean, we know that it's good that we stay in physical shape. We know that it's good that we eat the right food. We know that it's good to show up to work on time, right, and work faithfully. We know it's good to be involved in the ministries of our church and maybe have a be a part of a small group. We know a lot of good things to do, but the truth of the matter is sometimes we find it hard to find the time to do the things that we know are the most important things to do. We know that there are very important things that we need to be involved in, but the truth of the matter is time gets short, and we wonder how we're going to fit all the good and most important things into the life that we're trying to build. Now, if you think about it, there are more time-saving devices right now that we have than any generation before us. I mean, you've got time-saving devices, apps that you can put on your phone to help you manage time, but the truth of the matter is it still hasn't gotten any easier to manage our time and make sure we're doing the most important things with the, with the hours, the minutes, the days that we have. And if you're anything like me, Sometimes you feel like you get to the end of a day or the end of a week, and you had these very important things you wanted to invest in, and you ended up a dollar short and a day late. You know what I mean? And you just wonder, where does the time go? Today, I want to talk to you about finding time. Matter of fact, why don't we change that sermon title? You see that sermon title right there? Why don't you just take a pen and strike through that opening word, because that's a terrible sermon title. I didn't realize it until about two days ago. You're never going to find time for the things that are important. You're going to have to make time. So why don't you just put that word in there to start it off. We're going to be talking today about making time for the most important things. Now, why is it that we struggle for time sometimes to do the most important things? I think the answer to that question is that we've bought the lie. We've bought the myth. And here's the myth. You can have it all. You can be number one at everything. You can succeed in everything you do, and you can be at the top of your game. So what that means is, here's the myth. You see it on TV. You see it in movies all the time. Here's the myth said quite simply. You can be, number one, the best seller, the best employer, the best person at your work, and you can be number one at your home. You can be the top dog there, and you can get everything right. And guess what? You can be number one in your church, and you can be number one at your golf course. You can best score on your golf. You can be number one, number one, number one, number one. And if you've figured it out yet, that's not really true, is it? I mean, life is about selections. You only have so much time to invest, so much energy to invest, and so you have to select where you're going to invest your time, where you're going to invest your energy. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Are you making time for the most important things? Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. This is the Phillips translation. Live life with a due sense of responsibility, not as those who do not know the meaning of life, but as those who do. Now, what that means is basically this. Do you know the meaning of life? Do you know who put you on the planet? Why that, that being put you on the planet? Do you know uh, what will happen at the end of your days? Do you know the meaning of life or don't you? 
And the, and the writer of Ephesians says, listen, you should live life as, as with due responsibility, accounting for time because you know the meaning of life. You know God puts you on the planet. You know you have a little bit of time to invest. You know what you're supposed to be investing in. And you know one day you'll give an account for what your investments were. So he says, have a due sense of responsibility. And look at that last line. It says, make the best use of your time. Time is so very, very important. So how do I make the best use of my time? Real quickly, it's not in your outline. Maybe you'd flip it over. Maybe you'd write in the margin. I thought about writing, uh, I thought about sharing with you three barriers to uh, three enemies, three, three things that cause us sometimes to miss out on the most important things. And I'm just going to give them to you real quickly. Three barriers. The first one is simply this. It is unclear values. We don't know what we're supposed to be doing. We don't know what's important. We're majoring in the minors. We're not doing the most important things, and our values are kind of all over the map, and we're not, maybe we haven't even set our values. Unclear values will mean you're going off in a bunch of different directions. Here's a second barrier. It's unrealistic expectations. You think you can do everything, so you go off and try to do everything. You try to be all things to all people, and that's really an unrealistic expectation. You're going to have to choose where you focus in on and where you can make a difference. And then finally, it's unsustained energy. You're going to get tired, all right? And, and sometimes the Bible even says we can get tired of doing good things, right? We can get weary in doing good things, and if you haven't... if you if you can't keep the energy focused and doing in the right places, doing the right things in the right places, you'll get tired and you'll stop doing the most important things. You know, those three barriers, it's really what I want to talk to you about today, okay? But I'm going to talk through them in the positive form. I'm going to talk to you about how you can address those three barriers and make sure you're having energy, you're having the right value sets in place, you've got the right expectations. So if you have your pen, would you fill in number one? We're going to talk about making time for the most important things. Number one, this, line up your priorities. I'm going to speak specifically to dads a lot today, okay? Line up your priorities. Right underneath that, maybe you'd write this, uh, just three words, make a list. Can I tell you how important it is for me that every once in a while, I'll just, I'll just realize, man, life is going so fast. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm at so many RPMs. I need to stop what I'm doing. I need to make sure that I'm majoring on the majors and I'm doing the right things. I've got my values in the right place. And oftentimes what I'll do is I will sit down and make a list. And when I start making a list, all of a sudden I realize I know what I, I, know what I want to be important. I know what I, the order of, of importance that I want those to be, those relationships. All of a sudden I realize, man, I've been spending energy or time in some, some places where I really need to reshift, reprioritize my values. Make a list. Now, by the way, most of the scriptures I'm going to share with you from Proverbs today, so we're going to, we're going to look into the wisdom literature. Why don't we be wise, right? And so uh, the, the Bible says, Proverbs 17, 24, an intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool, a fool starts off in many directions. So that the Bible says if you don't have your priorities straight, if you don't have your values lined up, you'll start doing a thousand, a, a fifteen hundred different things. And the Bible calls you a fool if you start trying to go all different directions because you'll never get accomplished the most important things. So what, what is important? You have to ask yourself that question when you're making that list. 
And by the way, it'd be nothing wrong with you making a list of your values or your, your, your priorities right now somewhere on that little sheet of paper. What are your priorities? You know, at the end of the day, every one of us has the same amount of hours in a given week. You have 168 hours this week, just like I have 168 hours this week. You're not going to get more, even if you ask for it. Oh, God, would you please give me 5,000 hours next week? I got a lot to do. It's not going to happen, okay? You have 168 hours this week. Now, would you agree with me? You can't save time and bank it up. Would you agree, right? You're going to have 168 hours this week. And you can't, you can't stretch time and make it go further, and you can't add more time. Do you think you can get more than 168 hours? Would you agree with me? Yes? You cannot stretch, you cannot add, you cannot, you cannot save time. So it matters what you do with the 168 hours that God has given you. And in order to know that, you have got to make sure your life is, being, uh, is, is running down the priority set and the value set you really want it to have. Didn't write this in your outline, but maybe you want to write it down. Maybe one of the most important things I say today. Write this down somewhere. Your life, your life will either be shaped by your priorities or by your pressures. Write that down somewhere because that's good. Your life will be shaped by either your priorities, what you say is important, what you say you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Your life will either be shaped by your priorities and your values or it will be shaped by your pressures. Now, if you haven't figured out this yet, there's a lot of pressures coming from a lot of different places. I mean, if you have a job, there's pressure, okay? And there's pressure of what you're supposed to do and how much you're supposed to accomplish. There's pressure coming from a lot of different places. And if you don't have your priorities set up, then your life is going to end up being shaped by the pressures. So remember this. The Bible says it is dumb to try to do everything. A fool is the person who runs off in a thousand different directions. That's not what you've been called to do. An intelligent person aims at wise action. Look at this from Proverbs 12, 11. It is stupid to waste time on useless projects. There you go, dads. I just gave that to you. Hold on to that one for your honey-do list, okay? All right? It's stupid to waste time on useless projects. I'm just kind of kidding. Okay, but, but here's, here's what the writer of Proverbs was saying. Don't major... In minors, don't you? Life is precious. You only have so much time, so you better make sure you're majoring in the majors. Don't waste time in useless projects. When John Wesley's pastors were ordained, I was reminded of this when I went to a conference a couple weeks ago because I had to answer this question. I had to take an oath. John Wesley would ask his pastors, "Never trifle away time. Will you make sure you are fully involved and?" and uh, invested in the work of the kingdom. He hated for his pastors to what he called trifle away time. That's an English phrase. Trifling time with stuff that doesn't matter. Stuff that won't last, right? The Bible clearly says, Solomon wrote these words, don't waste time on useless projects. Now how about this one? Look at this. Ecclesiastes 8.6. There is a right time. You might want to circle those two words. There is a right time and a right way to do everything. Right time, right way to do everything, but we know so little. Can I just be very frank with you? There's a lot of dads here. Um, I, remember, I remember especially being a new dad. There's no manual. You don't read a manual. They don't give you, a, you have a baby, they don't give you a manual on how to be a good dad, right? And, and all of a sudden, you're just trying to learn your way. 
I remember so much wondering whether I was doing the right things the right ways. And I'll tell you, for a lot of, I don't know that I got it all right. I still don't get it all right. But here's what I do know. If you're struggling at being a dad, and sometimes you look at yourself and you say, man, I don't know that I've even got the right timing on this, or I'm doing it the right way. Maybe you ought to be reading. Maybe you ought to get yourself a book and grow in wisdom. Maybe get you a book on time management, that right, that right time thing, or the right way. Get a book on fatherhood. What is the solution? Here's the solution to setting up your priorities. Look at this. Proverbs 16.9. We should make our plans. That's your priorities, right? Your plans. How are you going to invest your time? We should make our plans counting on God to direct us. Did you know this? I've shared it before, but did you know this? There are some people who don't believe that they should plan. Did you know that? Is that kind of crazy to you? Or some of you go, that's me. I don't think y'all to plan. I mean, there's some folks who say, you know what? I don't, I don't need to plan. Whatever God wants, God will bring it, you know. Whatever may be, may be, you know. Whatever is going to happen, it's going to happen. Why should I plan? There are even people, listen, there are even people who spiritualize this. And they say, you know what? It's not very spiritual to plan. You just be ready to let the Holy Spirit lead you wherever you go, you know. You don't need to plan. Just let the Holy Spirit lead you. Can I tell you the truth? God is a planner. He planned how he would create the world. He invested in creating the world. He put his salvation plan in place. He has put a plan in place, and he's working his plan. You need to know this. God is a planner. And right in that scripture right there, did you read it? It says we should make our plans counting on God to direct us in our plans. So what are, you, what are you inviting me to do, Stephen? Here's what I want you to do. I'm inviting you to write your priorities down. Make a list, right? Put them on paper somewhere. Go, this is number one to me. This is number two. This is number three. And not, not everything can be number one for you. Write down your values. Write down your priorities. Put them on paper. Warning. Listen. Warning. If you don't do this proactively, I'll tell you when you are going to do it. You're going to put your priorities in place and your values in place when crisis hits. When all of a sudden there's a diagnosis, when all of a sudden there's a death, when all of a sudden there's, there's some news, when all of a sudden the job is lost, when crisis hits, you will put your values in place. You will put your priorities in place. Can I tell you that's not the best time to do it? The best time is to keep coming back over and over again and saying, am I doing the right things? Am I majoring in majors? Have I got my priorities in the right place? Now, you'll notice after every one of these points, I'm giving you a little test, okay? It's a little, I want you to self-test yourself, all right? Men and women, all right? Now, if you're sitting next to a, a, a lady, she doesn't have any right to say, well, this is, this is Father's Day. I don't have to grade myself, okay? I want you to grade yourself, all right? I'm giving you one through ten. And if you would say, for example... Okay, I might have my priorities just completely out of whack. I feel like I'm working all the time and I'm not really investing in the right things. Give yourself a one or a two. Or if you would say, for example, like you, I'm learning, I really am. I'm learning how to put my priorities in place. I'm learning how to major on the majors. I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm really working at it. Give yourself a five or a six. And if you would say, you know, hey, you know what? I am making time. I'm actually scheduling time in my calendar for the things that matter the most. And give yourself a nine or ten. Rate yourself real quickly, on how you're doing at setting your priorities, lining up your priorities. Now, if you will, write down this one, number two. I'm going to talk to you about uh, lightening up your attitude for a few minutes, okay? Lightening up your attitude. Dads, lighten up. Write that down. Lighten up your attitude. This is important. It's important that you relax. 
that you let go. You don't have, you're not in charge all the time. You ain't like, got to be the boss of everybody, all right? You need to chill out. You need to relax. There is a part of fatherhood that doesn't need to be this demanding thing all the time, this bar setter, this person who's cracking the whip. You need to learn how to chill out and have fun. Can I just tell you one of the things I, I, I prayed over my life, over my own fatherhood? It, my kids would, I knew my kids would always see me as dad, pastor, preacher, all of that. Yeah, even when I'm walking around the house in my underwear, they still say, that's my dad. He's preacher, you know. But I wanted my kids to grow up in a home where they had a lot of fun, where we laughed, where we, we knew how to just have fun together. And listen, I want to tell you, why, why is that important, Steve? Why is it important to lighten up my attitude? Why is it important to chill out? Why is it important to laugh? Why is it important not to, not to be always so, so demanding? Here's the answer. Much of the stress in your life, I don't know if you realize this, much of the stress in your life is self-imposed. You put it there. You're the one stressing yourself out. Well, you don't know my life. You knew all the stress I had. These people putting it on me. No, 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 no. Most of the stress in your life is self-imposed. And so you need to understand this. You might want to write it down somewhere. God intended for life to be enjoyed, not just endured. And sometimes people are going through life and they're just enduring life. They're not enjoying life. They don't even enjoy their family. They don't know how to enjoy their marriage. They don't understand God's big picture. And God's big picture is that you would enjoy life. And you're not going to be able to enjoy life if you're stressed out all the time, right? And if you don't never know how to chill out and laugh, this is important. This is important. Humor is a huge stress reliever. Now, can I tell you this? Humor will never solve your problems, all right? I, that's the truth. But what, you know what humor does? Humor actually gives you a different perspective. Humor, sometimes we're going through crazy moments, and I'll just find a way to make my family laugh about it. I mean, we, were, we ran, okay, I'm, on, okay I'm, I'm embarrassed about what I'm about to tell you, but we were, we were on vacation not long ago, and Dad didn't pay attention to the gas thing, and we run out of gas on the interstate. On the interstate. Now, I'm not the kind that's going to call somebody to help me out, right? And there's plenty of us to push this vehicle, so get out and push. So one of us is driving, and there's four of us behind the vehicle pushing it down the road, in, in the, and, 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 and they don't, they're not laughing. Y'all are laughing. They're not laughing. We're pushing it down the road in the emergency lane, and I've, I'm, there are moments like this. They'll tell you that I know I've got to find a way to laugh, and I'll, I will be pushing, and we'll take a break. We'll push. We'll take a break, and I'll say, y'all remember that vacation where I ran out of gas, and we had to push the vehicle? You remember that? And they're like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the moment, they don't want to laugh, but let me tell you. Humor, one more time, humor doesn't solve problems, but humor will oftentimes give you a different perspective of the problems you're going through in life. You need to learn how to, have, to be able to chill out, how to, how to lighten up your attitude a little bit, how to de-stress. Look at this in Proverbs 14.30. I'm sorry, let's do Proverbs 12.25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. So there's more to life than work. And if you're working, working, working all the time, and that's all you're about, your life's going to be full of anxiety, okay? That's just the way it is. Your career, listen, your career is not the almighty in this world. 
So you have got to be able to understand anxiety in a man's heart will weigh him down. Look at this, Proverbs 14.30. A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. I like that word. If you got your pen, underline that, relaxed attitude. Relaxed attitude. Relaxed attitude. What is that? Relaxed attitude is not being so serious. And the Bible says if you're not so serious and you have a relaxed attitude, your life will actually last longer. It's healthy to have some humor in your life. Guy was late for work the other day, and he pulled up to his office, and he didn't have time to park in the company parking lot. He pulled right up to the meter right outside because he was supposed to be giving the presentation. He knew he, knew he was late to give the presentation. So he wrote, he jotted down a real quick note and put it on the windshield and said, I'll be back in 15 minutes. And he ran up, did his presentation. On the way back down to his car, he looked at his watch, and he'd only been 12 minutes. And he thought, yes, that was quick. I can get, I can get out of there and not get a ticket. Got to his car, and there was... There was, a little, there was a little parking ticket left by the policeman. It said, take your time. <laughs> now, you know what? You just laughed at that, but there's something stress-relieving. There's something cool about just laughing. Do you know that I, I'm, I've, I was afraid for a long time that, that, that the thing that people knew the most about me was he laughs really loud. I thought they were going to put that on my gravestone. He laughed really loud, you know? And if you know me, you know I love to laugh. I love, did you know that there are T, there's these things in your body called T cells that when you laugh, they are released and they actually make you healthier. They will fight off infection. Laughing is a good thing. I like this one. Look at this one. So by the way, don't be so serious. Relax attitude. Being cheer, Proverbs 17, 22, being cheerful keeps you healthy. It is a slow death to be gloomy all the time. That's just a slow death. So the big point here is lighten up. In your margin, you might want to write a couple of rules here, all right? Here's, here's rule number one, all right? Don't sweat the small stuff. Here's rule number two. It's all small stuff. Did you get that? Man, I was going through a hard time not long ago. One of my mentors, I was meeting with him, and um, I don't even remember what it was, but I needed a little bit of perspective. And he heard my story, and I described to him what was going on here and there and here and there. And he looked at me, and he got real quiet, and I was waiting for this profound wisdom to come out of his mouth. And then he said this to me. He said, you know what you need to do, Stephen? You need to get in that plane of yours, and you need to go and just get up to about 60,000 feet. I looked at him, and I thought to myself, do you really think I have a plane? I mean, do you think I'm, I'm a pastor? Do you think I have a plane? And do you think I can fly a plane? Where are you going with this? Then I realized where he was going. He said, and when you get that plane up to about 60,000 feet, you're going to look down, you're going to look at this little bitty problem you got. And right now it seems like a real big problem, but do you know that perspective, when you look down that little bitty thing, you're going to realize how small that little thing is in the big picture of what's going on in the world. Sometimes we need to lighten up just because we need perspective. Don't you agree? So... I'm going to get you a lighten up in the next few minutes, all right? Here's what I want to do. Every Sunday that we have Mother's Day or Father's Day, we give a gift away to either the ladies or the men. This is Dad's Day, so we're giving a gift away to all of our men, and it's about you lightening up, you chilling out. You ain't got to work all the time. You can play, okay? So I'm going to ask our youth to come on in, and some of our children are going to give to every one of our men or boys, doesn't matter. Every person here is going to get a gift, and the whole point of this gift is so that you will play, okay? 
So say the word play. Play is about lightening up your attitude. Now we're going to give you a bat and a ball. And we're going to invite you to go out. Oh, woo! I struck out, Johnny. I struck out, Johnny. Throw it to me, Chris. Throw it to me. There we go. Yep. Oh, strike number two. All right. Nope, I'm not missing that one. Oh, foul ball. There we go. Woo! All right. Throw it up here. Throw it up here. Throw it up here. Yep, left-handed. Oh. Hey, did you know? Throw it here. Throw it here, Manny. Um, did you know that Plato said, Woo! Did you know that Plato said life is to be experienced as play? Did you know that? Life is to be experienced as play. That's why they called him Plato, all right? I'm up there with the dad jokes, right? Plato. Life is to be experienced as play. All right, I lost my ball back there. Help me out with my ball. Thank you very much. Hey, I want, I want to invite you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah! We're going to invite you to lighten up your attitude. All right? To go play. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Now, you may not play in the yard. Maybe you'd like to go to a Braves game. By the way, did everybody get a bat? Anybody missing a bat? All right, good. Good, 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 good. Good. Hey, thanks to our youth. Thanks to our kids who handed those out for us. We appreciate it. There's a few up there. You need some bats up top in the technology area. I hear you. All right. Hey, one more time. i got to move on to point number three. It is important, number one, remember, that we line up our priorities, that we're majoring in the majors. Number two, it's important as a dad to lighten up, to lighten up, to chill out, to relax. You ain't got to be serious all the time, and you will bless your family. And the Bible even says you'll live longer if you lighten up. Write this one down, number three. And this is that thing about sustained energy. Remember that barrier I talked about with sustained energy? Rely on God. Depend on God. Fall on God. Call on God. Look up to God. Reach out to God. It's all about tapping into God as your heavenly Father. Because if you're ever going to learn how to be a great dad, you need to understand that you have a perfect heavenly dad, and he can teach you his ways. Now, the only way, listen carefully, the only way that you are ever going to get done all the most important things that God's called you to do in this life is if you depend on God to be your strength to get those things done. Normally, we only put one scripture on the screen at a time, but today I'm going to put three up right here real quickly, okay? And I'm going to talk about all three. The first one is this, Proverbs 10, 27. Watch this. These are important. There's a reason I'm putting them all up together. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. If you have your pen, you might want to underline the word adds. Do you remember a little while ago? I told you you had 168 hours a week. I, I asked you, I said, can you stretch time? Can you save time? Can you add time? And we said, no! Did you know the Bible teaches? Read it one more time. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. That means if you put God number one, that God will add time to your day. I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. Look at this next one. Reverence for God, that's putting God number one. It's revering God, making God your first priority. Reverence for God gives a man deep strength. So when you, have you ever, hey, let me talk to dads for a minute. 
Have you ever been at work? You've had a long day. You know you want to come home. You know there are needs at the house. You know you, you need to leave the family. You know you need to get dinner. You know, you know you need to, maybe you need to read your Bible before you go to bed. You know all these things, and you're just tired. Am I alone? Have you been there before? Oh, there's three of us. There's only three of us who've ever been tired, right? Here's what I'm saying. The Bible says, if you put God first, if you have reverence for God, look at that. Reverence for God gives a man deep strength. I like that. Because I don't know about you, but I need strength. There are times that I get tired. All right? Now look at this one. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And by the way, all three of these are from the Living Bible, a paraphrase. My first Bible I ever had as a kid. Trust the Lord completely in everything you do. Underline these three words. Put God first. Trust the Lord completely in everything you do. Put God first. And He will direct you and He will crown your efforts. I love that. Here's the promise. If you put Him first, Mark, He will crown your efforts with success. If you will put Him first. You know, what are you getting at, Stephen, here? Can I just tell you something cool? Um, in the church, a lot of people talk about tithing, all right? What, what, is, what is a tithe? What does it mean? How much is it? 10%, right? And you're taught to tithe with what? What do you tithe with? Yeah, your first fruits. You, most of us think about tithing with our money. Now, think about the concept for, here for a minute, and we'll leave those scriptures right there, okay? Think about the concept. Here it is in the Bible. The Bible teaches if we give the first 10% of our income, of our first fruits to God, then God will bless the 90%. He will stretch it. He will push it further because you trusted Him with the first 10%. But what I want you to understand, listen, is that tithing is not just about money. Tithing is about our lives. It's saying, who is first? Who is in first place? And am I going to give him the first of what I have? That's part of the reason. Have you ever thought about why we worship on Sundays? Oh, we worship because that's the resurrection day. Let me tell you, we call Sunday the first day of the week because we give God the first day of our week. We come to church, we give God the first day of our week. It is our Sabbath. We worship him there. Asking God, if I give you this, if I will, if I will have reverence for you, if I'll put you first here, would you then stretch and bless all the rest of it? Here's what the Bible promises. Listen, this is, a, this is, this is good news to any dad out there, or any soon-to-be dad, or wanting to be, or one day I will be a dad. Good news. If you will have first place for God, if you'll give God reverence, you know what He'll do? He will add time. Stephen, are you saying that I, if I take time out and I spend time with God in the morning, that He will literally bless my day in such a way as I get more done than I... I absolutely! That's exactly what I'm saying. God says, if you'll put me first, I will bless you and I will add time into your work week, into your day, into your time with your family. I will bless you and I, you'll get done more and I will crown your efforts with success. So every time you ever think to yourself, wow, I can't get it all done. You start stressing, right? Start stressing. I need more time. Here's what I want you to remember. God would say to you, you don't need more time. You need more me. If you'll just meet with me, watch how I will bless you. Watch how, how I will guide you. Watch how, how, how I will direct you. And I will crown your efforts with success. By the way, I didn't ask you to grade yourself over there about how you did it and, and your attitude. Maybe you go back real quickly and give yourself a one or a three or a seven or a nine, but... 
I do want to ask you to grade yourself here real quickly. How are you doing at putting God first? How are you doing at giving God reverence? Are you doing it daily? Are you doing it weekly? Are you making sure you're making God number one? You're putting Him first place. Because here's what happens. When you put God first, He will stretch. He will stretch the time. And He will bless your efforts with success. Hey, I want to thank you for being with us on this Father's Day. And I want to close with kind of a couple of final thoughts in my message here today. Real quick review. What have we talked about? It's important to make sure that you, you've got your priorities lined up and you're not majoring in the minors. It's important to make sure that you chill out a little bit. You ain't got to be demanding and, and stress-filled and, and captain of the ship all the time. You can laugh. You can have fun. And thirdly, it is important that you understand that if you try to be the dad that is in your dreams or your hopes of one day being and it's all on your energy, you will fall flat. But if you'll get your cues from God, if you'll rely on Him, if you'll look to Him, if you'll trust in Him, if you'll come to Him and put Him first, He will bless your efforts with success. I keep this little thing in my office. Um, it's, a little, it's a little thing that reminds me. I don't know if you can read it or not. It says simply this. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. You've heard that before, right? The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Can I tell you I have to remind myself of that in ministry? Sometimes I can get so involved in church work or your lives and my, uh, other things involved with my life. Do you know that I can sometimes forget to keep the main thing the main thing? And the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And that is true for you and it's true for me. And before I close today, I would be remiss if I didn't make sure that I spoke today about the most important main thing. This is true for any dad. It's true for any granddad. It's true for every mom, grandmom. It's true for every person who will never be a mom or a dad. It's true for all of us. And that is simply this. You were put on this planet for relationship. God loves you and He wants you to be in relationship with Him. And let me tell you, a lot of people have sold that thing, that good news, the wrong way. They made it about religion, they made it about rules, they made it about all this other stuff, but let me just remind you of the basics. Keeping the main thing the main thing. God made you. And God just didn't make you and form you. God made you for Him. And He wants a relationship and He loves you. And, and beyond this little short you know, tour on this planet, God wants an eternal relationship with you. And so the most important thing, if you want to be a phenomenal father, if you want to be a person who's living life the right way, keeping the main things, is you need to understand that God puts you here for relationship. He didn't put you here so you could work, 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 work. He didn't put you here so you could try to make a name for yourself. He put you here so that you could learn to have a relationship with Him. And the Bible says this in 1 Timothy, some people have missed the most important thing in life. And that's true. Some people have missed the absolute most important thing in life, and that's that God put them here for a relationship, and they don't know God. So I would encourage you today, as when I get ready to close in prayer in just a minute, if you don't have a relationship with God, listen, today, make the main thing the main thing. Quit majoring in the minors and make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then finally, I put one more scripture in your outline there. 
And this is a prayer that I think we all can pray. I love this prayer. Teach us to number our days and to recognize how few they are. You remember I started this sermon today by saying my dad passed away when I was 20 years of age. My dad didn't know he only had 52 years on this planet. He didn't know that. I would encourage you to number your days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Today, I'm going to close down with a song that I haven't sung, I don't think, in our church since my son Andrew was able to sit on my knee um, since he was about four or five years old. But somebody asked me today to sing this song, and I thought, how fitting it is for every dad that's here. Before I sing that song this morning, though, I just want to pray a prayer. It's a salvation prayer, but it's also a prayer saying, God, help us get our priorities right. And Lord, help us rely upon you for our strength. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, if there's somebody here today who's never made that that shift, if they've never made that confession or that ask for you to come into their life, if they've never really become a child of God, I pray today that they would just drop the armor of their heart. I pray that they'd have a simple prayer, and that is that, God, I don't want to spend my life majoring on the minors. I I need to have a relationship with you. You put me here for this. So today, God, I open up my heart to you. Come in, wash me clean, forgive all my sin, and be my Abba, be my Daddy, be my God, be my Father who will guide me and help me become all that you've called me to be. I open up my life to you today the best I know how. And God, for every dad, every granddad, every great-granddad in this place, every uncle, every, every, every male in this place who will one day be a dad, I pray that you would help them and that you would crown their efforts with success. I pray you'd help them get their values straight and their priorities straight and never be, never be living their life being shaped by pressures, but have their priorities really in check with you, God. I pray you'd teach them how to play and have fun with their family and have a sense of humor. And Lord, I also pray that you would help them rely upon you to be their instructor, to be their guide, to give them strength in their weak moments. And I pray, Lord, in this church we are building successful, strong men Men of God, men of valor, men of boldness, men of courage, men who walk in purity and holiness, men who lead their families. I pray, God, that you would grow every man in this place to be that kind of man. Father, this is my prayer. This is our prayer. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.